Thanks, Steve. <coughs> Thanks, Liz, too, and Sarah. Uh, looking forward to those environments where we can connect. Um, uh, Pete and I, Pete Moody and I, I've got to say, I've got to qualify the Pete's around here. <laughs> Pete Moody and I had this uh, thought earlier in the year that even though some of us are old, and some, uh, meaning been here for a while, and some of us are new, it, there's a sense that we're kind of all reconnecting after we've come back. And so we wanted to not just do newcomers, but also to do oldcomers. You know, let's get some collections together so we can relearn each other or get to know each other better. All right, we're, in, uh, we're back in Hebrews. We did our React series through the holidays, and now we're picking back up into Hebrews. We're in Hebrews 5 uh, today. This is our series in Greater. That's what we call our series all the way through Hebrews. Um, it is an overview, so we are going through the whole book of Hebrews, but we're not covering everything because you can't do that. We'll put some extra bits in the life group notes, but we're just um, uh, we're grabbing what we can see from this overview through Hebrews. So we've had so far, if you remember all the way back, Jesus at the opening, Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than the angels. That is, Jesus is greater than the other thing that would distract you and take you down a rabbit burrow or a path or a cause or whatever. Jesus is greater. Um, second week, Jesus is greater than Moses and the tradition and the, and the religion and all that sort of thing. Any, any kind of ritual that you had in place that was helpful for you, in the end, Jesus is greater. Fulfills all that and then more. And then Anthony, just before the holidays, Jesus is like Melchizedek. If you're like, I don't know what that is, I haven't got time to explain all that to you. So you can go back and listen to that last message before the holidays about why we need a priest, an intermediary, and this, the type of priest Melchizedek was and why Jesus more than fulfilled that function as well. Now, in Hebrews, uh, we, Melchizedek's introduced in chapter 5, verse 10. He's a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And it just kind of, Melchizedek just kind of hangs there for a chapter and a half when he picks it up again um, uh, and says, this Melchizedek, blah, blah, blah. In between those two Melchizedek references is this bit that we're doing today. Okay, and it starts like this, verse 11, chapter 5. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are so spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. <clears throat> um, now, it's not that you're lacking intelligence, it's that you're spiritually dull, that is, uh, literally sluggish. Like, there's this spiritual thing that's, that's coming to you, and it's just like walking through honey. <laughs> and you don't want to listen. Uh, you've been believers so long now, you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You're like babies who need milk and can't eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk, is still an infant and doesn't, um, doesn't what? Someone who, someone who lives on milk and is still an infant doesn't divide the word correctly? doesn't understand how the Bible works, um, doesn't understand the significance of prophecy for real-time events for our day. Someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. You might have in your uh, translation, because that's the New Living Translation, 
is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Or when I grew up, it was, he's unacquainted with the word. Which led me to think that eating solid food and not milk is about more full teaching. Led me to think that um, if I memorize scripture, for example, and I know the word really well, then I'll be, then I'll be less spiritually dull. And so, um, and I've got a good memory and I was taught the word as a, a kid, like force fed, which I'm grateful for now, um, that aspect of it anyway. <laughs> and I've had times in my life where I've gone, oh, I've felt all kind of like, oh, how do I express this joy that I was just experiencing God's presence and I've memorized chunks of scripture. Um, like Ephesians, right? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the faithful in Ephesus, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We chose us in him for the blah, 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 blah. I can go all the way through to the halfway through chapter two. And that reveals that I'm a show-off with a good memory and nothing about my spiritual maturity or whether I've got milk or meat. Also, we talked a little while into 666 and all that about the link in the prophetic kind of apocalyptic genre. Look at how heaven's revealed in Ezekiel compared to how it's revealed in in Revelation. And and what is in this apocalyptic, like understand this genre. It's really helpful for us to understand these vivid images that God's given to us so that we can can see the cosmic kind of happenings and and eventually how God triumphs in that space and be encouraged in it. And I can explain all of that. That is milk. Is milk. It's good milk. And it's great to memorize the Bible, and we should. And it's good to understand the text, and we should. But that is not what this writer is talking about in solid food. The literal sentence here, the, the reason the NLT translates this doesn't know how to do what is right is because um, in the Greek it is, is literally is inexperienced in the word. That is, um, doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> um, so trans, NLT translates it better. Doesn't know how to do what is right. Um, And I know that not just because of that translation, but because of the whole passage. Let's check out the next verse. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Uh, Training, that word literally by constant use, who by constant use know how to do uh, what is right and wrong by practice. I know what is right and wrong because I have by constant use practice. I know it. I've trained in it. I've developed through experience the discernment to know what's right. And through constant use, I have the skill to do what is right. Now I'm eating solid food. Into chapter 6. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't, we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds, placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. That's the basics. That's, you've, you've, that's fundamental kind of um, platform, if you like. 
that we have to repent from what we know is wrong. Stop going our own way, trust Jesus. Uh, putting our faith in God. Uh, baptism, which is just the outward sign of what's happening inside of us as we um, symbolise that birth to new life. Laying on of hands, that's about the receipt of the Holy Spirit. And in the way these guys understood that, you know, people were prayed for and um, the Holy Spirit filled them, which is what happens when we become new people in Christ. The resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, that is, there's a final destination. This is, this is not all life is. This is the fundamental basic teaching. Surely that we don't need to go over all that again. Um, and so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Um, your translation might have, in God permitting, we will do so. That is, God willing, we'll become more mature in our understanding. So if our spiritual maturity is about our practice, our experience, or what we train in, um, then what does spiritual maturity look like? What does growing up look like? What defines mature? How can I move from being spiritually dull and sluggish to spiritually sparky? And alive and active and growing, our writer gets to that later. First, he's got some other important things to say. Um, here's the first one. And I've got to say, this, has been, uh, this is one of the most disputed texts in the New Testament, this little piece here. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shed in the Holy Spirit, who have taste, tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the age to come, who turn and who then turn away from God, it's impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. What does that mean? Um, if you've read that before, what's your view? What's your what's your interpretation? Interpretations differ um, across the community. I'd say this, whatever your interpretation is, it has to be consistent with the balance of Scripture, <laughs> with everything else that goes on. I'll tell you what I think it is, and, yeah, but I'm not claiming to be omniscient in that space. It just makes more sense to me, and I'll explain that as I go. Um, it can't mean that somebody who walks away from God can never come back, because that's completely inconsistent with the rest of the teaching in Scripture. Uh, that lit, that's literally the prodigal son story, you know. It would, it would have been impossible for him to come home. Um, so it can't be that. I don't think it can be that he's talking about people who are never saved to start with. I think he goes to great pains to say, you know, those who are once enlightened, experienced, you know, the good things of heaven, shared in the Holy Spirit. I, don't, I, I think he's talking about believers here. It can't be rhetorical, I don't think, as some people say. It, look, it would be impossible for someone who was redeemed and they walked away to be brought back. That is, it's impossible. You can't walk away if you're redeemed, as some people think it says. That's a, that feels to me like you've got a theory and you're trying to apply it to a text rather than the other way around. Um, I think the key is in this word, fall away. Yeah, the word is uh, paraposontas, and it appears only here. Literally, it means, because there's other places where we're warned, don't fall away, you know, be careful if, that you don't fall away. 
uh, persist and don't fall away. And there's lots of other words used for that. This one is only used here. And it, it literally means in the act of, in the present ongoing space, who are rejecting repentance effectively. It is impossible for people who are rejecting repentance to be brought back to repentance. Because they're already saying no to Jesus. They're going, no, I don't need that. I don't need that sacrifice. I don't need that. I don't need that. I've got my own system here and it's better and I like where I am with that. No, I don't need that. It's impossible for someone who is saying, um, who's saying I'll go my way and not God's way to go God's way. Um, so if we stay with the prodigal son uh, analogy, it's impossible while that prodigal son is out there squandering his father's wealth for him to, to come home to his father because he's abusing his father all over again. He's denying his father all over again um, while he's paying for prostitutes and, and, and you know, wasting all of that money and spending up big on drugs and wine and whatever. While, he's, while he is denying the provision of his father, abusing the provision of his father, it would be impossible for him to reun be reunited with his father in the act, while he's in that act. But when he comes to his senses and he says, I want to come home, his father runs to embrace him. So that's what I think that means. And he's not talking, by the way, about Satanists and raving anti-God campaigning atheists or anything like that. He's talking about Jews in this context who want to go back to their sacrificial system and say, we don't need Jesus. And he's saying, if you don't want Jesus, you can't have Jesus. <laughs> um, I offer that as a way of explanation. I hope it helps. Um, I'm, I'm not requiring you to agree, to agree with me. I think what he's saying here and why it's in this space is he's saying... Uh, we want to mature in our understanding and you won't be able to if you don't have a repentant heart. We want to mature in our understanding. We want to grow up. We want to eat solid food and you can't eat solid food if you're not in an active state of repentance with Jesus. Uh, you need a soft heart towards Jesus. You need to be surrendering to Jesus if you're going to grow and eat solid food. Then this other little... Um, piece that he puts in before he gets back to maturity which is this when the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer it has God's blessing but if a field bears thorns and thistles it's useless the farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it that's not an agricultural lesson it's an analogy what's he saying mature lives that grow produce fruit and if you don't produce fruit that is in your experience in your practice um, then you, you know, you're not graduated, you're not growing, you're not, you're not moving. He's um, making this point. And then he gets back to defining meat. Here we go. Dear friends, even though we're talking this way, we don't really believe it applies to you. We're confident that you're meant for better things, things that come with salvation. But God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him and how well you know your Bible. Is not what it says. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him and how well you can explain that is not what he says either. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him and how you've shown your love to him by what? Caring for other believers. As you still do. 
What are the better things that we're meant for? What keeps us from becoming spiritually dull and indifferent? Our great desire, he goes on, is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. You see that? So, oh, don't be so dull. I want to explain more to you. I want, I want you to understand something um, about this. And you're just too slow. You're not listening uh, to what I'm trying to say. You can't listen unless you're repentant. If you do listen, you'll grow a crop. Don't be spiritually dull and indifferent. What I want for you is that you would just love people. Really. Like, really. That you would, you would keep on loving people. Like, in your practice, in your constant use, in your day-to-day life, in your 24-7, here's my interaction with other people life, that you would get so used to being selfless in those spaces um, that you would eat this food that the, of the kingdom that's coming to you, of, the, of this life that Jesus gives you that's coming to you. Does this, does this not confront you a little bit? Do you go, that's not meat, that's not the milk meat thing. Well, he says it is in this text. Now, I'm not saying we don't need to study and there's not more to it. And it's not linked to his whole explanation of Melchizedek because it's that as well, but it's more directly this. What did Jesus say was the greatest commandment? That you'd love me, that you'd love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and that you'd love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandment. What did Paul say? If I, had, if I could speak in all tongues and if I had all knowledge and if I had faith that could move mountains, but I didn't have what? If I didn't have love, I'd just be a symbol going dong, 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 dong. Do we understand that the selflessness that we exhibit, that we experience, that we pass on in our family, to our kids, to our partners, to our neighbours, to our colleagues, the forgiveness that we extend like that, the generosity that flows from us, like that, the selflessness that gets exhibited in our relationships, that is food. That is solid food. Yeah. Challenging. I'm glad I know chunks of the Bible. It helps me to love people. It helps me to know who I am. In situations, I know that I'm a child of God because God said so. He said it in Ephesians 1. Like, that's a helpful thing for me, in as much as it transforms my desire to be selfless towards somebody around me. If it doesn't do that, it is gong, 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 gong. Love. And how long, how long do we keep on loving others? Does he say here? Until retirement? (laughs) Yeah. Until I've got my friends sorted now. Um, Until I'm in a comfortable space socially. 
last week, uh, one of our crew came and grabbed me, showed me a photo actually. He said, oh, I've been listening to this React series. And he says, there's this lady in our retirement village space who is, she's an old biddy, you know. She gets into everyone's business. She's annoying. Nobody could stand her. I've had a few sharp words with her because she's just up in, you know, like I go in to see someone I care about and she tells me off for how I'm not caring for that. And it's all just, bleh. And so anyway, she gets up in my face and I get up in her face and it was just like, it's hard, right? He said, but the other day, <laughs> the other day, I was in visiting this person. Um, I gave her a hug. And this lady comes to the door, oh, where's my cuddle? And I went, and I went over and I put my arm around her like that. and said, you can come and sit with us. Like that. He says, here's a photo. There's the three of them on the couch. He's got one arm around each woman <laughs> on his couch. He's 87. That you would keep on loving others as long as life lasts. Well, this is our joy. This is our food. This is our, this is our hope. This is heaven. When we get there, that we'd have no selfish desires left. Let's apply the kingdom. That's our food. I've got written here, I like milk. (laughs) Not everyone likes milk. I like milk. I like all the flavors of milk. Um, My son particularly likes every flavor of milk, uh, all combined in one milkshake. And I think when we go places and he asks for that, people do it just because it's funny. Um, it ends up like this very gr- dark, greeny, brown kind of sugar-filled sludge. Um, um, yeah. Um, if it's just milk, you know, then we're infants or babies. We've got to eat. So we're not spiritually dull or sluggish. Because with faith and endurance, as the text says, we're going to inherit what God has promised. Uh, How? How? By trying harder? No, by trusting Jesus. Uh, This life is hard. It's not hard work that way. It's, It's surrendering hard. That is, in Jesus, in this moment, I want you and not me. In this moment, I want you and not me. I, I, I've got these desires that kind of war within me, but can your desires please take over and, and serve this person the way that you want me to in this moment? Surrendering harder, hanging on with both hands. The writer then, I haven't got time here, but he talks all about the things God promised from Abraham through the ages to us with this conclusion. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Um, As we heard already today, Jesus, he paid for us. He loves us. He gave us the kingdom. He's giving us the kingdom. He wants this for us. And as we surrender more and more and more and more of our lives to him, as we learn more about him, as we study the things that he said, as we know him better, as we put it into practice, in obedience and selflessness in um, our spaces that way. We're hanging on all the time, both hands to Jesus, who's going to take us into eternity. That is the hope for our souls.
He's our resource. He's our joy. He's our hope. He's a strong and trustworthy anchor. May we all grow up a little more this week in our dependent practice of selfless love. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that this is not like a theoretical thing where we get examined or tested. Uh, Thank you that um, you're not asking us to be uh, intelligent or or, uh, studious or academic or anything like that for spiritual maturity. You just, you want us to obey the things that you've told us. You want us to put it into practice. Uh, Thank you that the person who is, um, you know, a PhD can apply this just as easily as the person who's illiterate. Um, Thank you that this life that you pour into our hearts is real and tangible and applicable in every situation in our 24-7 lives. And God, be with us, be with us and feed us this week as we trust you. In Jesus' name.